I believe we flourish when we support, encourage, connect and learn from each other. I'm going to speak to teachers and educators from all different fields that will share their stories about changes they have made in their practice that have supported learners. How digital technology has opened up creativity and collaboration between teachers, current topics and their top tips. Good advice, stories, experience and all those little nuggets of information we find. We all have them as teachers, but do we always share them? So each week I'm going to discuss some of these topics on my podcast. So join me for Teachers Inspiring Teachers. Hi everyone and welcome to Teachers Inspiring Teachers. My name is Sean Nielsen and I'm a primary school teacher with a passion for sharing good practice, inspiring stories of how strategies have helped learners in the classroom and connecting not only with the amazing teachers out there but with people who have been inspired by them. When I was a student teacher I wanted to hear first-hand stories and helpful tips from teachers from all walks of life who could give me advice, they could maybe name a useful app or a website that they had used or even tell me to keep going when the time got tough. This week I speak to the outstanding and inspirational John Naples Campbell who is a teacher who speaks to me about taking risks, being involved in the development of the LGBT education in Scotland and also being awarded as one of the very first teachers to have professional recognition from the GTC for LGBT education and Holocaust education. So let's meet John Naples Campbell. So hi John, thank you for joining me this week on Teachers Inspiring Teachers um, and thank you for being here and uh, giving me a bit of your time. I'm just wondering if you can tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, um, well thank you so much for having me. Um, So my background is um, I'm a drama teacher. Um, I trained in 2005 at Murray House, um, but I've had quite a varied career. So um, I am now a principal teacher of performing arts um, in Speyside in uh, Murray, but I have also been a lecturer um, in acting and performance. I've worked in uh, the further and higher education sector. Um, I taught at Knightswood in Glasgow, which was the performing arts school for Scotland. I was faculty head in Aberdeen City Council for the performing arts um, and I have done lots of different things. So I'm the first teacher in Scotland to have professional recognition from the GTCS in two areas. One is Holocaust education and one is LGBT education. So um, I've kind of got um, lots of different fingers and lots of different pies, which is always good. (laughs) Extremely good. And it's safe to say that your CV is possibly as long as your arm now. Yeah, yeah. I've... um, I have um, always tried to take risks and I've always tried to um, never say no to things. So um, that's opened a lot of different doors for me. Um, I'm incredibly lucky that I was able to 
teach um, a variety of different students um, and a lot of them have went on to do great things um, and I'm really proud of everyone I've taught so yeah no it's been it's like been a really good career so like so far so far I'm only like 39 but yeah (laughs) still young still young yeah Uh, well before I I jump into my first question just it's funny that you touch on the idea of risk why do you think that's quite important and quite an important attribute to have as a teacher um, I think it's really important because especially for a for a drama teacher, we're always talking about taking risks, um, about creating work that is going to be engaging for our for our audience and that is going to push us as um actors and as theatre production people. So if I'm telling my students to be taking risks, I think it's really important that I take that risk as well so um so like there's like little things like I have a stammer um and I say M a lot but I make sure I get up in front of uh large groups of people to speak which can be very very daunting but it's something that I feel I need to do to overcome that fear of public of kind of public speaking Mm -hmm. um and um I wasn't the most intelligent at school, so I only I left school with two hires. Um, but now I've got a PhD, so mm-hmm. um, I kind of feel that um, I didn't let my kind of background kind of become a barrier of what I could achieve or what I could do. Um, and I think as well, it's a it's a bit of a weird one, but when you are from a minority group, so I'm a gay man, and when you're told quite often that you can't do things or you can't um, be part of something, it kind of makes you go against that and say, I can. So so I've kind of always kind of tried to think positively and try to take as much as I can to kind of um, forward my career and forward the passion I have for education and embed that into the classroom so I can impassion my students to um, become passionate about their own education. And I mean, it's I, I find it really, really interesting. I think a lot of teachers out there are often quite, you know, shy away from taking risks. Um, often, it, you know, it requires you to possibly, you know, and, and my thoughts has been an early, you know, a, a teacher that's only been in the profession for a short while. Mm. A lot of people are scared to take that risk. What advice would you give to people who are scared to take that risk? Well, you're never going to get anywhere if you don't take risks. So <laughs> um, I, um, I like... I've been very, very public. Like, I suffer from anxiety, and I think a lot of that is that I'm really paranoid. I'm upsetting people by asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel my job as a leader in education is to be able to ask these challenging questions, not only for my students, but for my staff as well. Um, So I think it's really important that if you are to take risks, it's really important that you put your head above the parapet sometimes Mm -hmm. um, and that you do stand out and you stick to your values and you stick to your beliefs. Like I'm a very authentic person and I, if I feel very uncomfortable about doing something, I will have my voice heard and it might not always be taken on board, but as long as I've heard, as long as my voice has been heard, then I'm happy with that. Um, and sometimes I think people are too, are too kind of worried to put their head above that kind of parapet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, I think with so much now, um, with this kind of curriculum for excellence and with the young people that um, are coming through our classrooms, it's really important that we are aware of the world in which we're living in and that, 
we don't just talk the talk about equity, that we actually make sure that we're actually embedding it within our pedagogy and within our classroom. And um, and I think sometimes you, you do then need to ask these questions that can be quite challenging and quite difficult um, mm-hmm. for head teachers and members of SLT, but you should never be ashamed of um, asking those questions because if you don't ask those questions then nothing's going to change so mm-hmm. um, and I think that's my kind of philosophy within education and I suppose that's the same across the board you know new teachers coming into the profession people who have been in the profession for a long time as well it's just about that idea of being heard being you mm. know being listened to and your voice really being heard. And, and I suppose that resonates as teachers as well because the children in front of you need to be heard too. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I worked for a really amazing head teacher at Knox Academy in Haddington in East Lothian. And in 2008, um, we had an LGBT group at school, um, which I, which like I ran, and she was very passionate about um, our LGBT young people having a voice within the, within the school. Now, this was before the Equality Act. So um, to have an LGBT group in 2008 in a Scottish school was actually unheard of. So um, I think I think that really kind of made me aware that if you have the right leader within a school setting, then anything's really possible. So, mm. um, and um, I've always been really, really thankful for the opportunities that Janice gave me um, to kind of... Um, put my head above that kind of parapet and be and have my students recognized for who for who they are um and that was always important um and then when obviously the the equality act came into power in 2010 um we were kind of ahead of the game already so it was actually quite good but that was about taking risks so she wasn't really concerned about what parents were thinking and stuff as well Teachers Inspiring Teachers is available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I would love to hear from you, so please subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. If you would like to have a chat with me about your journey as a teacher or educator, I would love to hear from you. Contact me at Mr. Nielsen Teach on Twitter. Now, back to Teachers inspiring teachers. Welcome back to Teachers Inspiring Teachers with me, Sean Nielsen. Following on from that, John, I just wondered what impact you think that obviously the LGBT education will have to the young people. Yeah, so I didn't actually say this in my introductory bit, but I've been doing a lot of work with the Time for Inclusive Education campaign um, as their secondary educator. So I was the one that did all the teacher training and created the resources, etc. So I think what's really important is that these young people will actually see the community in which they are part of um, or they've heard about visible within their curriculum and it's moving away from sex ed so we're not talking about lgbt education anymore about being sex ed we're talking about seeing role models within our curriculum we're talking about the first woman in space was a lesbian we're talking about looking at um poets and writers and if they're lgbt 
does that change the emphasis of the uh, poem? Um, and I think that's really, really, really important that we have that visualness there. Mm-hmm. Um, Education of Scotland and the Scottish Government talk a lot about raising attainment and bridging the gap, but they just talk about numeracy and literacy. But actually, it's to do with health and well-being. If you're not happy and safe and secure within your learning environment, then you're not going to actually attain. Mm-hmm. So... If you don't have a visualness there and that you can actually identify with and everything's very heteronormative, then you're not going to want to go to school. So um, so I've got a real belief that when we do get LGBT education within our curriculum, then the attainment gap is going to start um, narrowing uh, because the members of the LGBT community are much more happier within their um, learning environment. Mm-hmm. And do you, I mean, following on from that, John, do you think visibility is the, the key component of that then? Yeah, and I think I think it's so important, the amount of young people who have messaged me since um, they've left school, who I'm, whom I've taught, um, who have came out and basically said, because I was openly gay within school, I didn't realise what impact that actually had on them. Um, And that it's always emotional when I receive one of those messages. And I think, um, I think, I mean, like I was a very, I mean, back in 2005, I was an openly gay teacher. Um, and there wasn't that many of us back then, um, but I wasn't going to be hiding in a closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so good to see now and um, in 2020, um, openly gay um, teachers in training, openly gay members of staff, openly gay head teachers. It's just absolutely brilliant that there's been a total shift in belief and thought process that actually we've got nothing to be ashamed about and we can actually be who we are and be authentic in our workplace because if you can't be authentic in your workplace then it's a bit like attainment you're not going to achieve anything mm-hmm. um so um so yeah um, i think i think having that visibility within a school environment is so important because we're like a mini town aren't we like mm-hmm. we've got so many different cultures and beliefs and identities um and if we don't have an lgbt visibility within our school environment then it's not really a kind of narrative of what of what's going on in, in kind of reality so that's important it, i mean i totally agree with you i think it's really really important just going to go deep with that you know quite quite an important question that i was thinking about while you were speaking which was that um in terms of visibility it's key to you know pupils it's key to children in front of you the young people and especially yourself i'm just wondering for the people that might be listening who you know aren't at the point of being visible to others within their workplace and to, mm-hmm. to openly say that they're gay or or, you know, in that environment, what would you say to them? What advice would you give to them? Um, I always say you've got to come out when you want to come out. Never mm-hmm. feel pressurised coming out. Um, but you are a role model and you do have a responsibility to your young people within your classroom. Um, and I think if you're, if you're authentic in your workplace and you lift that... Um, kind of burden off your kind of shoulders um, about who you are, then your relationships that you forge with your young people become so much more stronger. Um, and we've got nothing to be ashamed about. It's 2020 and we are in every walk of life, we're in every profession, we're in every part of the country and we're not going to go anywhere. Um, so 
Um, and 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 I do believe, and I know it's controversial, but I do believe that there's a stigma attached to being gay and working in a school, and it's linked to this LGBT education is about sex ed because it's got nothing to do with that anymore. Um, and um, young people and parents need to be able to see that LGBT people are just normal people and I hate that word normal but that's what we are so um and it's really important that we are seen within school in um, environments but you've got to come out when you are comfortable coming out mm-hmm. as and well that's really important couldn't have said it better myself I think it's really really important um and now I've I looked into your your endless CV, John, and the amount of things that you've you've got that are just endless. You're just a wonderful human being. That's all I can oh, get from it. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> but I, the thing that impressed me the most, and I admire, you know, having spoke to yourself on Twitter, which a lot of teachers will do. They'll you know connect with you on Twitter and and get to know you. Sorry, I've actually got to apologise. My Twitter feed is so random. Like it comes <laughs> out with like educate. Then I'm talking about musical theatre, and then I'm talking about the real housewives and then i'm talking about something else so i do apologize i do i do try and stick to kind of the whole kind of education (laughs) thing but i do get carried away sometimes which is do you know what it's it's wonderful because it just gives me a stamp of what must go through your mind oh yeah it's like 125 miles per hour constantly (laughs) like it's crazy well the thing the thing i admire you most for and obviously i spoke to you before yourself was the fact that you're you know the first educator teacher who has you know professional recognition from the gtc for the holocaust and for lgbt education i mean that's amazing how did that come Mm. about um i've always been very passionate about holocaust education um and it's something that my family are very kind of passionate about um, and that I feel it's a very important topic that every young person should um, be aware of. And um, especially in this day and age when more Holocaust survivors are sadly leaving us um, and the legacy is now down to second generation Holocaust survivors to carry their message onwards. Um, And I feel that as a drama teacher, um, I'm in a very lucky position that I get to tackle a lot of different issues and a lot of different topics that a lot of other teachers probably aren't able to do um so i i so i've always been very passionate about using my using my subject knowledge of holocaust education and my subject skills and drama to kind of create an ideal project um so um Again, when I was at Knox Academy, um, Janice, um, who was the head teacher, had, um, this was at the start of Curriculum for Excellence, had collapsed the timetable for BGE students on a Friday. So it was all to do with ideal projects. And she approached me and asked if I would lead a Holocaust education class. Um, so it was, so it wasn't part of history. It wasn't part of drama. It was just going to be on its own subject. Um, and the response I got from students was incredible. I mean, I still have students, ex-students today, talk to me about the legacy that they had from that course and that they then went on to Auschwitz and they became Holocaust ambassadors and they visited Israel and they've done all this other stuff, which is just amazing. But one thing that um, became very, very clear to me was that 
Um, and remember, this was before the Equality Act and before there was a push for LGBT education, was that actually what I was teaching was about acceptance and it was about respect and it was about um, listening to people's stories and, um, and that actually transferred over to LGBT education as well. Um, it was about respecting people. Um, so, um, and I realised as well at that point that I had done so much work in LGBT education um, and basically I was a little bit cheeky and I'm always a bit cheeky. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a strong believer and if I don't ask, I don't get. Um, and I, so I phoned up um, um, Gillian Hamilton, who is now working for, ed- for Education Scotland. Um, but I spoke to her when she was at the General Teaching Council and I love Gillian. I think she's, a, she's a- amazing. And I basically said to her, I said, look, um, I've got Holocaust education, professional recognition, but I've actually done a lot of work in um, LGBT education. Could I get recognition in this as well? And she told me to send my stuff in and they'd see what they would do. And then couple of weeks later I got an email basically saying that I've been given professional recognition for LGBT education um, and I was the first teacher in Scotland to do so so um, and it was kind of like amazing um, because it was 2014 I think it was um, I got that um, and but I was also quite sad at the kind of same point that it had taken so long for LGBT education to be recognised um, within education as well. Um, so it was a kind of like double-edged sword, but I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that achievement. It's one of the things I am proud about. And you should be really, you, I mean, you should be massively proud of that. That's a, an immense achievement to have as a teacher and yeah. as an educator and the fact that you're bringing that to the children in front of you as well. I'm just oh, wondering what you. impact it had on you personally to be able to achieve it, not just the fact that you are just proud of yourself, but what impact did it have on you to actually get to that point where you're recognised for it? Um, I think it kind of made me realise that I'm more resilient than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember um, it was my first teaching post and I had a really difficult third year, third year class. Um, and basically um i was in my probation year and i was on my own as well i was the opposite single person department which was hell um and i basically um got called up to speak to the head teacher um and basically it was about my third year class um, and I thought he was going to speak to me about um, about support and how he could support me but actually he turned around and said that he felt my behaviour was down to the fact that I was gay and I was an openly gay teacher and he didn't actually back that up with anything and I was so insulted um, and so kind of deflated by that mm-hmm. Um and I just thought you would never get away with saying it's because you're a black teacher or because you're disabled. But for some bizarre reason, back in 2005, it was actually okay for him to turn around and say, it's because you're gay. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm back at high school. Um, that's kind of what it made me feel like. So to actually get recognition from our professional body, um, actually was a really pivotal moment in my kind of 
educational awakening and that's when I kind of realised that to be a leader you've got to take risks and you've got to put your head above the parapet which I've said before mm-hmm. um, and that's what I did um, and, um, and I've always done that now um, and I'm always authentic um, even if people don't like what they hear um, I need to communicate how I'm how I'm feeling um, and I think that's a really important thing so so it was so it's more of an awakening in me um, um, in my in my own self than probably anything else but um, as I said as well I get really emotional um, um, when I hear from ex-students and they have came out um, and and then they say that I was part of that journey for them as well, mm-hmm. um, and that's and that's always an amazing, an amazing thing to hear, really. And it's, I mean, just listening to you talk about it is, you know, it makes me think is, you know, I admire teachers like yourself. I look up to teachers like yourself, and it's not just the, the element of the fact that you're, you know, in order to do the, those things, you're a good leader and you're a bit cheeky and you ask the right questions. I think it's super important that you're a trailblazer, and I think you should be noticed as one of those because the people who oh, are thank cheeky, you. and it's so important, the people who are cheeky, the people who ask questions that other people won't ask become Mm. those trailblazers for other people and it shows in the fact that young people have went out their way to contact you to let you know how much of an impact you've had on their lives yeah i think like i've always i've always tried i i really strongly believe that the educational journey doesn't end as soon as they leave the school Mm -hmm. and um and i've always tried to keep in touch with as many young people as i can um and and it's kind of both ways, really. Um, and I think when I was a lecturer as well, um, that was really important because they were moving on to their careers. So it was it was really important to support these young actors um, in their kind of first steps. And I mean, like I've, I mean, I'm so lucky. I mean, like I've I've had young people go and work for the National Theatre in London, the National Theatre of Scotland up here. Um, mm-hmm. I've had I've had I've got an accident working on Hollyoaks just now. Um, accidents working on River City, like like they're just all over the place doing amazing, incredible things. And um, and I'm just proud of every single one of them. And to know that um, that I am the teacher that. I knew I had it at school because mm-hmm. I had a teacher called Mrs. Chetty um, who believed in me completely, and she was the first person I told that, that I was gay, mm-hmm. and um, and she she was she's she's the reason I'm teaching today, basically, mm-hmm. um, and that is so important that um, young people are aware that your your teacher is someone that you can talk to mm-hmm. um, and that is always going to be there for you um, even after you leave school. So, um, yeah. So I know that's probably sounds a bit crap, but that's kind of where I think. <laughs> and, do you, <laughs> so. and do you think that you're, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming the teacher that you just mentioned, do you, is she still alive? Yep. Yep. She's still, yep. She's still alive. I think, I think she's retired now. She became a deputy head and, Edinburgh, um, because that's where I'm from, and then she, and I think she's, and I think she's retired. Um, I like I occasionally, I occasionally like send her a Christmas card and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, she, um, she, she just had a really profound effect on my life, and it was just that belief that, and it's what I said about like that you can do anything, and um, she was just always. 
I just always loved going into her classroom and I always loved um, the, the kind of rapport she had with us and that honesty she had with us as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew when she was not happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and you always wanted to do the best that you could for her. And, um, and I just think it's really important that young people have teachers like that, that teachers that care. So, um, and that's one thing I'm, I'm aware of. Like sometimes I do, I do care too much. And um, I remember when I, when I acted up in guidance and it was a disaster because I wanted to kind of take every young person home with me that had an issue. Um, so, so I just realised, I realised very, very quickly that guidance was not for me. Um, so, um, but yeah, I think it's, um, I'm, I'm always thankful to Mrs Chetty. So mm-hmm. if she's, so if she's listening, thank you. Well, you say that personally from myself, if she ever gets in touch with you, that I'm really sorry for asking the question, is she still alive? I know. <laughs> I love it. I'm really, yeah, no. really sorry. <laughs> is she dead? Well, no, yeah. I think she's still alive. Been a better question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, well, I've got an interesting question just to, you know, bring it back to where you, all start, where you started, really, which is um, why do you like teaching drama? Um. I like teaching drama because I get to kind of be a bit crazy um, and I get to see young people really come out their shell and really develop and um, I think I think what's amazing about a drama about a drama classroom is that it's you really become a bit of a family and you get to um, share each, each other's kind of experiences. And um, it's it's just a very different kind of atmosphere to be in than, say, an English classroom or a maths classroom. Um, and I, I feel drama is a subject where you get to know yourself and you get to know other people. Um, and that links back to the whole acceptance and the whole respect um, and kind of resilience aspect I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, um, I, like a large part of me, like I went, I went through a phase last year of applying for deputies posts and getting, and getting like, um, kind of like short rated for, um, for final interviews and, and doing really well and getting really, really kind of good feedback. But one thing that kind of scared me was actually if I become a deputy, then I don't get to teach drama anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I and like I am only thirty nine, so um, so exactly, um, yeah, exactly. I've got loads of time left, so um, I'm 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 happy teaching drama, um, and I'm excited. Although I have to say, in this quarantine lockdown at the moment, teaching drama virtually online is horrific Mm -hmm. and i'm struggling so um but when we get back into the actual classroom it'll be better so um just have to keep two meters away from each other it'll be fine exactly and then we'll see how we'll hopefully see how that will work yeah exactly yeah yeah um well i just wanted to ask you uh who is inspired you the most you know has has there been a teacher it doesn't necessarily have to be a teacher but a teacher and an educator or just somebody in your life who just believed in you enough to make you know how worthy you were um so i've got i've got three i've got three people um um, and I've already spoken about one of them, which was which was Mrs. Chetty. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was my mum. So my mum, um, 
my mum passed away when I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she passed away from breast, from breast cancer. Um, and I always am thankful for what she had done to, um, to, to kind of give me the best in life and to make sure that I had everything I needed. And we were like, we were poor as well. Um, like we weren't like, we weren't poor, poor, but we were poor. And we um, came from a council estate in Edinburgh mm-hmm. and um, we didn't have a lot and we were single person family, etc. cetera. Um, so, um, I am really, really thankful for her because I know she had her own demons as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so it was her. Um, the second one, which is, which is a bit weird, um, is um, oh sorry, the third one even, um, which is a bit weird, um, is Mary McCluskey from Scottish Youth Theatre. So Mary, um, so Mary accepted me onto SYT in 1996, which is Scottish Youth Theatre, and it was like a summer festival course, um, and basically, um, she basically gave me, um a whole new meaning in life like I had just came out I had met my first boyfriend Stephen from Wick um he was gorgeous um <laughs> I met my best friend Gail um who's gonna be one of my um she's like my like best man stroke matron of honor um at my at my wedding mm-hmm. coming up um She's in River City just now, and I'm proud of her. Um, she also um, enabled me to meet Emma uh, Emma Thompson, um, who um, is the famous actor and human, um, famous humanity, has the word humanitarian. Um, but um, Emma Thompson, um, basically, um, I still keep in touch with just now, um, to this day. And she became the patron of um, Edinburgh College when I worked there. Um, and she became patron of the performing arts department there. Um, and that was a very, again, if I don't ask, I don't get. So I basically just said to her, look, we're needing a patron. And I think you have all the skills and the um, role model qualities that we're looking for. Um, and she believed in me and she believed in what I was doing. And she said, yeah, of course. So, um, so, and that was all down to Mary McCluskey. So I've got to thank her as well. Well, I mean, that's, that's absolutely, you know, outstanding. Having Emma mm. Thompson as a best friend as well. Yeah, well, she's not a best friend. She's just a friend. But yeah, um, yeah, she's <laughs> just a friend. But, um, but you can but... still drop that name. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But she's. But do you know what I like about Emma is that she is the most down to earth person that you will ever speak to. Um, and she is so passionate about, um, about performing, but also about education and about human rights. And I just, I just thank her so much for putting her head above the parapet on so many different levels. Um. And actually, I mean, she came on board and she gave us a quote for the Thai campaign and um, she really kind of supported. Um, she's like supported me in a lot of my career and I just thank her for that. So. And she is, I mean, Emma Thompson is an all-round wonderful person though. She oh, really, she's incredible. She yeah. has no fear. When you when you spoke earlier about taking risks, she's a yeah. risk taker. She, totally. she does it through every inch of her life and she's so authentic with it. Completely, completely. And she's got every single quality that I 
hope I have um, and I seek out in other people. And Emma just is, she's an amazing. But every, I mean, everything, I mean, my first boyfriend, my best friend, having Emma Thompson in my life, that's all came from Mary, like, and um, and if she hadn't accepted me onto SYT 1996, then I think my life would have been very, very different just now. So, so it would be safe to say that you have a lot to be grateful for. Mm, yeah, 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 and it's and it's like and it's like hard because I'm not going to lie, like I'm very I'm very honest mm-hmm. um, about this, but like I do have mental health issues and I suffer from anxiety and um, I tried to commit suicide two years ago mm-hmm. and um, that and that was difficult because on paper, like if you look at my life, it's like oh wow, he's done this, and he's done that, and da da da, but I just wasn't happy um and i've kind of got to a point now in my life where i'm really thankful for a lot of different things and i'm thankful for the person who i am and i actually like the person i am as well um and that's taken a long time for me to say that so um so yeah and i'm in a good place and i you know i i totally admire you john for having that vulnerability because i think one of the biggest things that I've noticed for people in your position who have been in teaching for a long time is the people who are most admirable are the people who show the most vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's. Um, I don't. I like. I've never. I've never seen myself as a, as vulnerable. But I, I, I suppose I go back to being that authentic person. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important. And. And and it has taken a long time. And and you know what? I kind of go to the point of I'm 39 now and I've kind of got to a stage where I eventually I can like myself. Um, and that's came from a lot of kind of homophobia at school and then in my early teaching career and stuff as well. And you talk about what I hope will happen with LGBT education in schools as of next year. I hope that young people respect themselves and that they actually know that they are worth being here and that they're and that they're good people. So um, I would hate anyone to go through what a lot of LGBT people have went through, um, and it's not a nice thing. So, um, so yeah. And I, to- I totally agree with you. I think it's it's extremely important to give visibility to people, but also to uh, you know be the person who clears the path and ignites mm. the light and if you are that person then you should know that you're, you're, you're that person you're part of you know making sure that people can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah definitely definitely so so i, w- I was just wanted to ask you one of my final uh, questions which is for mm-hmm. anybody who might be listening what you're I mean, you've gave me a, a plethora of like advice, and you know, if I was just listening to you on any phone call, then I, I would love to listen to you for the rest of the night because you have <laughs> so much advice that I'll take. I have day. to say, like, I have to say, like, you're so easy to kind of like talk to. So, um, which is a great host as well. So, thank you. Um, and I can't actually believe we've all been on for like an hour now. So, um, so you know, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, I'm sorry for taking up an hour of your night tonight. No, 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 no. It's great. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, I really, I do appreciate it. I, I mean, like, like yourself, you know, early in my, my my career, I think it's you know some of the things that I noticed were having a voice, being visible. You know, mm. I, I I see a bit of myself and yourself in terms of you know 
opening yourself up and really if you don't ask you don't get you know mm-hmm. be, being a little bit cheeky and asking questions that normally you know other people might shy away from mm-hmm. it's the only way that you can get forward you know the way that you can feel you can get forward in your career but it's often quite good to know and take stock of what you've achieved because it's quite easy to speak about you know maybe the length of things that you've been involved in but actually to take stock of the fact the impact that you've had from it is mm. quite a big thing to actually you know to, to it's huge in. at times yeah it is it is and i think i think one of the pieces of advice i would give mem like new members of staff who are coming into teaching or um or teachers who might be a kind of like a bit kind of stuck is always find a school that matches your ethos and that matches your um values um and not every not not every school is going to have the same values that you have and but if you if you do feel that you are um changing who you are as a person or not liking who you are as a person because of where you're working then it's time to move on and find somewhere else to go so um and i think that's really that's really important and i think it's really important that you are happy in your workplace um and that you that the the school that you end up being at um matches the values that you like in yourself um yeah i don't think i could have said it better john and i think the fact that you ended on that was probably the probably the most beneficial piece of advice i think any new teacher or any teacher out there should get so i applaud you and thank you for that Oh, thank you. And thank you so much. You've been like being such a wonderful host. So thank you. So. Thank you. So thank you very much for joining me this week. And please, please, please uh, say sorry to that teacher that I asked. <laughs> I will do. I'll be like, Mrs. Chetty, just ignore him. So... <laughs> sorry, who's this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> thank you so much, George. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, all I can say is inspirational. Thank you so much to John Naples Campbell, the outstandingly inspirational teacher who's just so authentic, genuine and honest about his story as a teacher. I think you've been an amazing guest on this week's podcast, so thank you so much, John, for joining me. You've inspired me to think about my own voice as a teacher Discussing risk was such an important thing to speak about. It's important to take risks as teachers and also the amazing achievements that you've had by being one of those people who has just shone a light for children, young people and adults out there who are LGBT. So from me to you, I say thank you and keep doing what you're doing because you're just an amazing individual. I always believe that by helping others is by being open to others and I don't believe keeping your resources is great or your ideas. If you have a great idea, share it because it will greatly help teachers and most importantly all of the children out there. 
sharing resources, ideas and tips has been one of the most important and influential things for me personally and professionally. The more you're able to share, the more people are able to find that trust in you and you can help others who may be in a similar position to you. I would like to say thank you for listening this week to my podcast with John Naples Campbell and I hope you liked it, I hope it inspired you and I hope you continue to listen. So join me next time on Teachers Inspiring Teachers. Thank you.